Hello, and welcome to the Big Planet Comics Podcast. This is episode 159. I am Kelly. I'm Jared. And I'm Robin. Hey, Robin is back because Yay. Nick is still very Woo. sick. We're done with Nick. He's out. <laughs> we lost him. He is not out, but He'll be back. we will hope that he's feeling better yeah. soon. Uh, so yeah, what have you been up to, Jared? What you uh, been doing? I went and saw Disclosure uh, play a concert at... Uh, Echo Stage over in Northeast, which was uh, the first half was okay, and the second half was really good. I think that's how I describe the show. I don't even know who that is. Uh, they were the first ones to have Sam Smith sing on their record. They put out a lot oh. of fancy things with other singers, which oh, is okay. weird because it's two brothers, I think, and they toured, and it was just them with a lot of pre-recorded vocals. Oh, that is and weird. And pressing on keyboards and playing bass and stuff, and I was like, this is kind of cool, but one of you sing it or do something and so in a lot of ways it was just kind of like playing the cd this is great and then about halfway through they got into one of their songs that just went into like an eight minute breakdown dance remix and everyone's like yay and people started dancing i was like all right this is cool um and after that it was a little bit better um they had a really cool like led like light sound effect behind them that was just showing all kinds of crazy graphics the whole time so that was always appreciated and then of course their um Encore was, or the last song was the Sam Smith one, and just people went bananas. So <laughs> that was a pretty great way to close it out. But uh, it was a pretty good show. Cool. What have you guys been up to? What have you done, Robin? Over the weekend, I went to my friend's bachelorette party. Yay. Congratulations, friend. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Charlottesville. Oh, really? And yeah. And the best part was we did winery tours. Nice. So we went to like, well, we went you, to you four wineries. Okay. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we went to four wineries and then a brewery, but wow. it was mostly wine. Um, you had somebody else awesome. driving too, which is yeah. We had this really uh, sweet, like older lady. Oh. Like she planned everything. She like took us to each place, and she made us like the best lunch I've ever had. Oh wow, That's she awesome. was wonderful. Yes. That's what you need. The one vineyard tour bachelorette party that I was at i was the designated driver for oh so boy. <laughs> it was, like a no it was okay i'm not i'm not a big drinker but um still but Ugh. yeah it's always fun to be you know the one sober person in a group of not oh, sober yeah. people I, th- I thought that was fun once a long time ago <laughs> and now i'm like no uh, it's my you life guys call now, me when you're done so uh but yeah i went and saw crimson peak oh yeah um, how was that it was good. It was incredibly scary because I'm a baby. Okay, no, that's why um, I haven't gone to see it. I was like, I couldn't tell what it really was about. So it's a ghost story. Like, it's oh a gothic boy. romance and a oh ghost story. Boy. But I love the gothic romance genre, and I really like Guillermo del Toro. And so mm. I really wanted to see, even though I knew I, I watched half the movie from like under my sweater. Like I literally yeah. had my sweater on my face. Um now, my friend who was with me told me after the fact, she told me that anytime a ghost would appear on screen, I would say very distinctly, this is fine, <laughs> <laughs> which I do not remember doing, That is but amazing. <laughs> this was just my way of coping. Oh, man. But yeah, no, it was, it was really good. I, I will say it wasn't like a, it wasn't a surprising take. Like yeah. I was able to sort of having read a lot of Gothic romances in my life, I was able to guess where things were going. Um, but it was still just like meticulously executed and incredibly gorgeous. Like, and Jessica Chastain is in- amazing, oh. amazing in it. I understand. That's cool. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's the hero's or I guess the male lead's sister. Um, one of the mysterious 
British siblings in this nice. movie. But yeah, I last thing I, I just saw The Martian as well, so it's like yeah. I, oh, I, saw the I am too. incredibly really impressed good. by her. Yeah, she's super great. So yeah, I I recommend it. If you are a baby, you might bring a blanket to watch yeah, it underneath, that's a good idea. or a oh, friend man. who is very understanding. I could bring a blanket into a theater. That'd be amazing. Like I'm just gonna hide under this for twenty percent of this film. I, I bring blankets all the time because it's cold. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I, I like. Yeah, theaters. Are I bring crazy. extra socks. Like <laughs> really? That yes, is awesome. I've done that. At least in the summer, you know, yeah. if I'm wearing flip flops. I'm gonna bring socks. That's true. Oh, yeah. If you're barefoot. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. I take my shoes off in the theater all the time, but I yeah. don't usually. Oh, boy. I like curl up in the yeah. chair. Yeah. Get as much in like an egg position. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Yeah. It's, true. it's important. If you can get one of the seats that have the like, you know, the bars right in front of you, you can put your feet up. It's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. It's That's great. I go to a lot of movies. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so you got to plan it all out. That's how comprehensive our podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> Movie going tips. Oh, yeah. All right. So. With our news out of the way, let's move to some comic news. All right, this just in, The Punisher is coming back, which maybe doesn't sound like news because The Punisher hasn't been gone for long, but this is a new series written by Becky Cloonan. Which this is her first uh, ongoing series at Marvel. Hmm. Uh, Which seems crazy to me, but I guess, yeah, she's been doing Image and DC stuff. That's true. Um, Wow. Yeah, so art is by Steve Dillon, who has done Punisher stuff in the past. A lot with Garth Ennis. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm psyched Weird. about this. Yeah, it's, really a, yeah. it's a really interesting and kind of unexpected pairing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I am all about seeing women writers on male-dominated books. Especially so like this uber is great. masculine yeah. characters like Punisher. Ooh, interesting. So yeah, that's going to be great um i don't know becky's pretty into into death metal though so this could be <laughs> it's true no i don't appropriate. i don't think this is an it seems like an odd pairing but it's no, like a good one yeah i think it's a good one i think it's gonna yeah. be great so yeah um and the new mark millar space opera with Stuart eminen Ooh. yeah this is coming out from icon um and it's called huh. empress wait so are all his icon books like is it most of his Miller World stuff through Image, or is that all through Icon? Uh, well, his sure. recent stuff has been has been Image, but like, isn't isn't all of the um, uh, Kickass, all of that Hit Girl, isn't that all Icon? Oh, maybe it is. Man, I don't even know. Again, most important podcast ever. Yeah, I I'm trying to like see the spines of the books in my yeah. head, and I can't. But yeah, so this is um, it's called Empress. It's about um, a woman who, when she's very fairly young, like early 20s, she marries this, like, you know, space ruler kind of guy. And space wolf man? No, no. Why do rollerblades? Why are there wolves? <laughs> no. There's been some Just a dude, like a Star Lord kind of yep, guy. Yep. Uh, but this takes place, like, 15 years later, and she's sort of come to terms with what she has and the power she has and what she's going to do with that. Um, so yeah, this is going to be, I, I think it's two, six issue arcs. Oh. So sort of cool. a limited thing. Um, 
the yeah the interview with Eminem that I was reading basically said that this was an opportunity for him to sort of break out of the mold that he's been drawing in for a while. Mm. So we might get to see cool. a new yeah kind of I experimental would love to see yeah. some experimental Stuart Eminem stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so we've got some other Marvel books. There's going to be another Iron Man book called International Iron Man. This is Hooray. also by Brian Michael Bendis, but this is him re teaming up with uh, Alex Maleev. Although I think they're finishing Scarlet before they start this. Did didn't Robin have some thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah, my thought is there's so much Bendis. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of so, Bendis. I mean, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I do like Bendis. Yeah, it's just like every time, like, oh, here's this new thing, Bendis, new thing, Bendis. A man writes a lot of comics. There's so many. I just want to know how many. I need to look up like the actual number. Yeah, it's such yeah, a, and he does some creator own stuff. Yeah, and the industry's so yeah. weird though because it's like. Once you get an in, like he's like, I work for Marvel. Marvel loves me. I can do six books if I wanted to. Yeah. But it's like if five other people wrote those books, like how would the line be different, you know? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, write a DC book. I'm sure he's got an exclusive contract with Marvel. Oh, but yeah, still, definitely. It'd be, like, it'd be pretty interesting to just swatch it up a little bit more. Think like, it's... What if they hired like Becky Cloonan to write Punisher or something? That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, I have good news for you. Hooray! <laughs> um, no, I mean, I find it interesting that he... I feel like if anybody is going to write multiple books about True. the same person or group of people, it's going to be Brian Michael yeah. Bendis. Yeah. He does that over and over. Hickman had a good Avengers run, but yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we'll see what that looks like, how Invincible differs from, uh, I've already forget International. Right. <laughs> international. Um, so yeah, some other just, they're doing a Nighthawk book, which David Walker, who is... Um, he wrote, is writing Cyborg. He wrote... Oh, yeah. There you go. See? Cross company. That's great. Well, no, and he wrote... Um, he's writing something else for Marvel, too, that I can't remember yeah. because my brain is dead. Uh, <laughs> they haven't announced an artist, and then they're doing a Hyperion book, which is Chuck Windig writing. Has he written comics before? Not that I know of. I don't think... He might have done, like, something with a friend, like a short thing or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, but not like this. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, and the art is Nick Varela. So that'll be happening. So this is sort Lots of, of new stuff, new stuff from Marvel because we needed more new stuff from Marvel. That's what they always. Do yep. Um, and just to bump it up again, we have our signing with Alex DeCampi and Carlos B. McNeil for No Mercy. That's taking place on December 12th. Yep. So information ways away up on bigplanetcomics.com and there's Facebook events and stuff. So I'll see you guys there. All right. So that is it for news. And we've got uh, a really great commentary question for you all right so we've got a a great long letter that we got from joe um email not like a physical letter um so this is sort of in like three parts so i'm gonna hand this off to some different people he's got a suggestion a comment and a question okay um and an answer what a deal it is indeed. Uh, so, Jerry, take, this, take this, uh, the suggestion. Oh, anyway, first I want to say the opening, which is key. Great podcast. Really helpful in introducing new material. Keep it up. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Thank we you. Will. All right. The suggestion. I'm sure I'm not alone in listening to the podcast while driving or on Metro or otherwise in a place where I can't take copious notes of reviews. Um, I find that a lot of times you extol a comic. By the time I get to a computer to look up the name of the comic in the podcast on the Big Planet website... I've forgotten which one I was looking at. Um, how about pointing out on the website those comics that really got you excited? 
These, uh, that is the ones you say are highly recommended, or maybe just sum up the highlights at the end of the podcast. What do you think? Well, I mean, we don't want to spoil reviews. We don't want people to skip to the good stuff. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Um, I think the main thing for us is, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we actually try to only review stuff that is not necessarily the best comics, but things that are worth talking about. Yeah, we don't want to dump yeah, on a comic unnecessarily. It's, it's very easy for people to complain about comics or find stuff wrong with it. And if that's all you're going to do about a comic, it's not helping anyone. So in that case, we probably just won't review it at all. So most of the comics, almost everything we review on here, we find of some value. Like one of us liked it or there was some cool art on it or something. And so uh, highly recommend it. It's more just like when we're super, super excited about something. Um, and we also do our best of the year. Which that is like that is easy. You just print out that list and buy everything on it, and you'll be happy. For yeah, the rest but of the you year. have to wait for January for you can that. Go back to the old one, but yeah, it's true. And listen to like five hours of us podcast. being awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I like that we don't have a concrete like rating system because I feel like that would sort of that's true. Be not part of the spirit of the podcast. Yeah, um, and these are all also. Like kind of personal opinions in some ways. We so. could, um, since you suggested doing something at the end of the podcast, maybe at the end that say what good. our favorite was that we reviewed That's this week true. for each of us. That would be cool. That's you wanna, not a bad idea. Do you want to try doing that? I'll have to look at our list of reviews and pick my favorite. All yes. right. So we will test that out on this episode. And then you guys have to listen to the end. <laughs> no stopping halfway through at the end of your Metro ride or whatever. All right. Let's not guilt our listeners. Yeah. So yeah, we'll give that a try, and hopefully that will maybe fulfill some of your needs here, Joe. Hope so. We want to. What else you got? Uh, we have a comment. So the comment is, how do we get um, Big Planet staff who are not on the podcast aware of what we're reviewing? Because obviously not everybody who works for Big Planet Comics is going to be listening to the podcast. Um I've gone in a couple times asking about a comic you've talked about it and the and gotten blank stares. Um, the Divine was the last one and Through the Woods was another. Uh, both turned out to be as good as you said. That's right. Always take our opinions. Yeah. So um, that I, is an excellent point. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we tried like forcing all the Big Planet people to listen to the podcast. Uh, but uh, I think the biggest trick is that um, a lot of the people who work for Big Planet are not full-time. So it's harder for them to keep up with everything we do. And we are four locations with multiple employees at each one. Yes. So it's a little disconnected. But really, they should all be listening to our podcast because it's great. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know, man. That's tough. They should just listen to it. You're right. They're terrible people. We should, we should all yell at them. Or, you know, at very least look at what we've reviewed because yeah, chances people. are because chances are we you know we don't review that many trades That's so true. like generally we'll do one maybe two in an episode if that um so if we've taken the time to talk about a trade chances are we are reviewing it in glowing fashion yeah but if it's something awesome you feel free to shame them for not knowing what you're talking about because they're great <laughs> yeah and you know if you pointing it out gets other people talking about it that's awesome too yep uh, so yeah, finally, question. Okay. So the 
question is, speaking of the divine, I gave it to my 13-year-old to read and he loved it. It wasn't the fantasy that got him, but the great characters and story. Any ideas of something that might spark his interest? Hmm. The divine was pretty intense. The divine, so, yeah. yeah. That, but that just means that you're like, that's the perfect age where you're starting to get into the really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not like just reading like young adult kid stuff anymore. Hmm. What's a good one? Um. Oof. Didn't you say you thought of something, Jared? I already forgot. Oh, I no. was going to say maybe Usagi Yojimbo, uh, which is kind of a hard sell in a lot of ways because it's a black and white comic. But uh, that is one I started reading around that age. And it's one of those like, most meticulously researched character-driven stories. So in some ways, it's kind of a slow burn that it built out those good stuff. But it's also full of like amazing action and sword fighting and ninjas and stuff. Um, and if you like it, there's like 29 volumes of it <laughs> out. So you get them locked in that. You're, you're good for quite a while. But still one of my favorites. Yeah, I can't. I was trying to think of something, but The Divine is such a great thing in and of itself. Like one of the reasons I loved it as much as I did is sort of because it came out of nowhere and one was unlike anything else I had read. Um, I don't know. The stuff that I tend to go for is um, more on the young adult side. So, and, you know, the divine is sort of on the other side of that. But, like, I love uh, one of my absolute favorites is um, Faith Aaron Hicks' Friends with Boys. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I love about it is that it is a character-driven story, but it's got this sort of, like, almost passive element of the supernatural involved that um, it's just, it's like, it's the flavor to it it's not the heart of the story the heart of the story are the people who are involved so maybe something along those lines you think of anything robin i can't think of anything that specifically again would kind of parallel the divine um but moving into stuff out you know as he's getting older i don't know i loved apocalyptic girl oh yeah that's a good one it's great and um, and i mean even though it may not be the action that specifically drew him in this one has wonderful action yep and great art and it's just great not a lot of characters but the characters it has are fantastic yeah yeah Yeah. good point yeah and i apocalyptic girl is definitely good for 13 and if you are Mm -hmm. a 13 year old who liked the divine you probably would like apocalyptic girl it's on the sci-fi side rather than the sort of fantasy side, but it's still quite, quite good. Man, yeah, that's a good one. Good question. Good thing about it. So, yeah. And finally, the answer was about our um, our pronunciation of somebody, the name of someone who had written in before who I... Oh, he's, a, he's the creator of that... Uh, oh, no. It was the, yeah, the mini comics with the... About the food. The oh food. God, I already forgot it. Pranas. Uh, was it the burger one? The burger one. I don't remember the name of it. Something Burger. We're terrible. Sorry, promise. (laughs) It's really good. Go back to the episode and listen to it. It was a great comic. So Joe thinks that um, he might be Lithuanian based on his name. So thanks for that. Thank you for that, Joe. I don't don't know anything about Lithuanian names, so that is fascinating. (laughs) Apparently none of us do. (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you very much for all of your comments. Um, We love to hear from you with your suggestions like this in addition to any questions that you have. Um, so feel free to email us at uh, podcast at bigplanets.com or, or bigplanetcomics.com. Tweet at us. Put a question in the ask box on Tumblr, Facebook, all that jazz. However you want to get us. We loved hearing from you. Yeah. So yeah, that is it for questions. And next up, we've got some reviews. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. 
I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right. So first up this week, we have Angela, Queen of Hell, number one by Marguerite Bennett and uh, Kim Yacinto with, oh, I'm sorry, art by Kim Yacinto and Stephanie Hans. All right. Um, so I do not have a background in reading Angela, so there might be some things I'm missing. Um, That's a good test. Yeah. <laughs> But it, I mean, it was still interesting. Uh, the basic story is Angela going to hell to rescue Sarah. Um, and this issue was a little hard to get into because it jumps around a lot. Um, and again, maybe it would be a little better if I had a background, but it's still beautiful. Yeah, I will say as someone who has read the previous Angela stuff, um, the jumping around didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Okay. So oh, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't just you. <laughs> okay, oh, thanks. Uh, but yeah, it is beautiful, um, and a lot of stuff happens in here, and a lot of important stuff. So if you are into Angela, you definitely don't want to miss this one. Yeah, so Sarah um, is her companion who I think is, she's introduced in the um, Angela Agent of, yeah, Agent of Asgard book that was uh, the previous, previous, the previous one that <laughs> Kieran Gillen was writing. And then she was heavily involved in the 1602 yeah. uh, Secret Wars thing. So she's pretty much, um, she's great. I love her as a character. Um, so this, but so so far she has been mostly sort of there to, be a foil or a prop to Angela. Um, and this issue sort of introduces her for the first time as um, having sort of her own story um, in a pretty major way, uh, which I was excited to see. Um, so yeah, the at the end of the day, Angela will be the queen of hell, we are told, but... We're not quite there yet how that happens. Well, that's a pretty good hook. <laughs> it is. It is a pretty good hook. Yeah. And they uh, the they sort of are showing you bits and pieces of like this is before and this is sort of after and um, how they unseat Hela is going to be pretty interesting. And Hela just showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy, which we reviewed right. last week. So she's she's on the move. So Yeah. That was Angela, Queen of Hell by Marguerite Bennett. Um, Kim Yacinto and Stephanie Hans. Next up, we have Art Ops number one by Sean Simon and Michael Allred. This continues the tour of new cool Vertigo stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I studied art history, so I was sort of like oh, really? into this. <laughs> I really was excited to be you. this. Yeah. So this is this kind of weird thing where the people in art, so like the subjects of art, um, are actual like alive are people so the, the the thing the things depicted in paintings the people in them right yeah, yeah. and sculpture and other art yeah. um and so like the whole thing begins with them basically taking the mona lisa out of the mona lisa and putting her into like witness protection because somebody is killing the subjects of art um so that's that's a pretty great uh, beginning, I think. Um, That's a good hook. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, Allred's art looks great as always, um, and it's got a very mod feel to it, which works with his style very, very well. Um, so yeah, beyond that setup, though, it sort of becomes a, a family story. The uh, about the woman who runs the art ops 
um, her son is badly injured and he's basically given a replacement limb that is made of art. It's like this crazy moving colors and stuff. And she expects that he will sort of follow in her footsteps once he knows the truth about what she does and he is not into it. So the comic ends up being sort of about him and how he is in how he is going to be involved in this whatever it is that is killing the subject of art um of which he is one now because he's got this this weird arm so yeah uh it was cool different definitely yeah. a different thing than i have read before definitely an interesting concept yeah and already yeah i think you said his art is just really really good for this yeah i was really kind of psyched that the very first panel is just all reds lube yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty great um so yeah and sean simon he didn't um he wrote uh killjoys, killjoys right yeah we had him for this yeah, yeah. signing yep he was um cool. he's a nice guy and has recently been doing sort of other weird stuff yep. Yep. um i think this is the best thing <laughs> of his that i've read so far yeah so yeah um i'm, I'm excited about this Art Ops, number one, by Sean Simon and Mike Allred. And now, Astonishing Ant-Man. So, once again, it is a number one of a series that has been rebooted a million times. Well, this is astonishing. (coughs) (laughs) That makes it different. Totally different. Uh, But, yeah, so this is written by Nick Spencer uh, with art by Ramon uh, Rosanas. And, uh, once again, eight months after the end of Secret Wars in the continuity of marvel comics <clears throat> ant-man is still trying to run a security company uh generally by hiring ex supervillain the people who break into his facility he then hires or them. beat him up or whatever <laughs> um so this is building a lot on the storylines have been set up in the last ant-man uh series but uh the focus is shifted even more to him trying to deal with his daughter cassie and um cassie had once had superpowers and now they explain she got no more and has kind of given up on her dad and the thing that i always find is like the weird crux of you know the kind of deadbeat dads or whatever where it's like i have to leave my kids alone for their protection or because it's better for them when clearly like every possible thing you know is like no that's gonna be terrible where he could just be like give her a phone call you don't have to be running around as a superhero next to her every day but like text her and say hey how's it going yeah and the heartbreaking part (laughs) of this is how like completely evident it is that he wants to be a part of her life yep um but he's so so stupid yes about it but yeah uh so the new twist and the the violent side of things is that there is a new app you can download if you are a bad guy to uh find the most appropriate supervillain to deal with your superhero problem so, for example, if you want to beat up Ant-Man, why not call in, uh, you know, someone who can uh, defeat all of his powers? And so that's the bad guy. He's running an app for supervillains. Yeah, I think the villains in this, and I will say that multiple uh, multiple villains, them, yeah. um, were was definitely my favorite part of this issue. Um, I, you know, I don't care about scott lang as much as i wish i did and this also this issue was really wordy and it was like i'm already sort of not into scott lang's problems and now i'm just hearing like ad nauseum about scott lang's problems but yeah but i did i i thought the villains were great and there was some really really great humor with them um that i liked that i liked a lot 
Yeah, and there's 10 words on the last page, which is all the words on the page. And that I thought was a really nice story development that yes. I wish yeah. had kind of been more of a focus, but obviously would be the focus for number two. So good twist. Yeah. So that is Astonishing Ant-Man number one by Nick Spencer and that already last. Mark Brooks. Mark Brooks. No, that's not wrong. That's not right. It's not right. Ramon Rosanas. Oh, you're right. I wrote it down wrong. You on wrote the page. it down wrong. I said it right the first you time. You did. Yeah, you were looking <laughs> at the comic. Sorry, Mark Brooks. I don't know where I found you. Move on. Move, move on. on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. All right. Next, we have Black Magic number one by Greg Rucka and uh, Nicola Scott. Mark Brooks did the cover for the Astonishing Ant Man. Great cover. Thanks, oh, Mark. Oh, okay. So, sorry. Don't trust the internet for anything. Um, Black Magic. Black Magic. I was really excited about this, and it lived up to my excitement. Um, so this is a book about a woman who is a cop. She is a like a hostage negotiator type person, um, and in her spare time, she is a witch. And the uh, the witchcraft in this like is like. Integral. Yeah. I mean, well, it's and huge, but I want to say it's very real. Yeah, like, this, yeah. this is not a flashback series. This is like in today's society, if yes. you had a hostage negotiator who was also a witch. Right. So this isn't, this isn't like sort of modern witchcraft. This is people standing naked wearing robes around a fire. Like the language in this feels very authentic. And I base this on the like Wiccan phase that I went through when I was in seventh <laughs> grade, but <laughs> nonetheless, it feels very real. Um, and so she's in this issue, she's called to uh, a hostage negotiation for a guy who has taken like a fast food restaurant hostage. And his demand is that he speak to her. And so she comes in and you find out why he has demanded this, which is only sort of half the information you need. But it's a great I liked the way it sort of revealed hurt the world and the rules of witchcraft like sort of as they related to this it was an interesting way of storytelling um yeah it's all done in sep like a sepia tone which is a really cool choice yeah it's it's kind of rare for comics to not go full color when they can afford to do it but i think this was a really good choice yeah. for it it definitely sets the mood and there's like little bits of color yep. but and it's just yeah it works really well the highlights like that are yeah super awesome mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is Greg Rucka writing Crime with a Twist, which he does pretty, pretty well. Um, and yeah, Nicola Scott, Nicola Scott's art is fantastic. That's great. So yeah, that is Black Magic number one by Greg Rucka, Nicola Scott. Now we have Cognetic number one. So this is written by James Tinian IV uh, with art by Eric Donovan. Uh, Tinian has been writing a million books besides co-writing and working on Batman a lot. Uh, he's been doing a lot of his own projects, and this is another super weird one. He did Mimetic last year. Um, was this the same team? Was this the same artist? I can't remember if it was artist? the same artist. Um, certainly in that same vein. It definitely feels like a spiritual success for, yeah, to Mimetic. Yeah. Um, so this one is a story that has a really slow build because it introduces a lot of characters, and you're not quite sure where it's all going. Uh, the main one is uh, an FBI uh, a woman who works for the FBI who's kind of like one of the background agents who makes sure everything works out well for the higher-ups. Uh, but then on a bus, there's a crazy person who has some sort of weird power, and you quickly realize that person can possess people's bodies. 
And so those stories are just kind of running on their own. And then you realize that uh, the agent's family, her wife and daughter, are about to come up and visit her in New York. And this is where the creepy guy with the possession powers is also doing stuff in New York. And you quickly realize those two worlds are about to collide. And they start colliding in a horrific, awful way. Um, and he's not really possessing people so much as it is a possession that is spreading from person to person uh, verbally. Oh, cool. You possess someone. Oh no, you possess two people. Oh, you just possessed everyone in the room. Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, this is like one of those stories that had just enough twists that kept building on each other. Um, of what, like, I never knew what was going to happen, but all the, the new developments were pretty exciting and I definitely want to know what happens and like crazy stuff started happening. Uh, and then there's the final revelation of kind of some of the stuff about the characters on the last mm-hmm, few pages. Mm-hmm. So, but this is going to be a mini series, right? Does it say? Yeah, it's, it's following like, the same format that Mimetic did, four? where they no three. 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 Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. The the issue. Oh, intense. The yeah. issues are kind of bigger than normal, That's but there's true. only going to be three of them. Yeah, a lot happens in this for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I thought one of the things that sort of unraveled with Mimetic for me is that there were a lot of characters doing things in a lot of different places. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, I think, does the opposite, where it focuses yeah. um, in a By way that it, works really well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I um, I liked this a lot. So yeah, that is Cognetic Number One by James Tenney and the Fourth and Eric Donovan. Next up, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number one by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. So I really love Squirrel Girl. So <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone does. Yeah, it's great. So this one, um, it's, you know, it's the normal thing with lots of humor. So it's so fun to read. Um, and it is Squirrel Girl doing her normal thing of ending up empathizing with people that are generally villains and kind of help <laughs> them. Yep. Um, and I don't know if I want to give away like what villain is in it. Well, um, one of the things about this is that it begins her second year of college. Mm-hmm. So the first series, which was only eight issues long, was, you know, began with the, f- the beginning of her first year. Yeah. So a lot of time has passed. Um, I feel like not a lot of time passed in the over the course of Those Unbeatable issues. Squirrel yeah. yeah, but I mean, I guess it's post-Secret Wars. So probably, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you see her um, sort of, she's moving into an off-campus apartment, you know, with her roommate who, you know, everybody's hair is a little bit different and it feels very (laughs) like, you know, coming back from the summer, very organic. Like this is, this is the way it's like. Um, And her mom is in this issue and her mom is is incredible. (laughs) Like the whole interaction with her and then her mom and her roommate is just the best the best dialogue and the fact that her father's name is dor and her mother's <laughs> name is maureen and her name is doreen that was my favorite uh, yeah. and nancy is like wait a minute so <laughs> she's like yeah we figured we couldn't think of a name so we would just combine our <laughs> names so yeah this is it's uh you know it feels like squirrel girl has yeah. felt but um one of the cool things about it is that it you know, it feels like a number one. It feels like a new story, but it doesn't really launch a new story. Yeah. Like it's very self-contained in a satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of introduces the changes that have happened in their lives without being like, and this villain is coming um, in a way that I really appreciated. Yeah, it was nice to be able to like pick up something and like 
not feel like you're like on the hook just like waiting for something else. like i'm gonna read <laughs> the next true. one i want it yeah but it's great but it's, yeah it's nice to read something that yeah is satisfying at the end and yeah. i'm pretty sure the very first number one of unbeatable scroll girl like ended with like galactus is coming so yeah. you can't yeah. really that's you true. can't really outdo that in terms yeah. of a hook but yeah, that's a rare thing to be able to tell a standalone story and still keep building up all these great characters and developing them so yeah yeah and there's well gonna be uh, a crossover with squirrel girl and howard the duck oh coming boy. up in oh this. Boy. so amazing <laughs> yeah more greatness so yeah that is unbeatable squirrel girl number one by ryan north and erica henderson um and yeah this is we mentioned rika renzi's colors on spider gwen last week he does the colors on this as well and he's just he's very good at his job mm-hmm. his he does a lot of like bright pinks and things that feel very young and that works in these books it's nice that the colorings it's still very different for both of them oh yeah definitely true but no this is more like a traditional comic book coloring whereas spider gwen feels like neon punk Mm -hmm. all the time yeah but yeah still delightful very all right so next we have uncanny and humans number one by charles sewell and steve mcniven so um, Sewell and McNiven, they did uh, Death of Wolverine. That was their oh, last yeah. thing together. So this is sort of like Marvel's highest A-team. So it's sort ah. of <laughs> indicative. One of them, yeah. Yeah, how they feel about the Inhumans right now. So this, um, there was an Uncanny Inhumans Zero issue that took place like, God, six or seven months ago. It was before Secret Wars started. Um, and this follows up with what happened in that issue, although I don't necessarily think you need to have read it. They pretty no. much tell you yeah. what happened in it. Um, so yeah, it's got, you've got Black Bolt, but you've also got some of the the newer Inhumans that they've introduced. Um, and he's running, I can't even remember their names. I love the Inhumans and I can't think of their names. The new oh, ones? Reader, yeah, oh. Reader's great. Um, who is a... Uh, He's a guy who can tell he's blind, but he can teleport people. Um, so, yeah, this is sort of just setting up the state of New Adeline and the state of um, of what the Inhumans are. And where we left them, it was pretty much Medusa sort of in the position of power and Black Bolt was gone in a couple for a couple of different reasons. So the fact that he is back and working with these new humans or new Inhumans is um a pretty big thing and there's a uh a big twist in terms of their personal lives yeah at the end uh which i i liked medusa has a really great line in that i think the way i'll put it is this reminded me of like classic x-men where you have a lot of really well-written characters and who are all nominally on the same team and like their interactions are kind of more interesting than them fighting people yeah uh, so there's some really good developments and some crazy twists and some really awkward stuff. Yeah. And some interesting stuff. Yeah. And I'll say just because, uh, we mentioned last week about, uh, the X-Men and the inhuman sort of butting heads, uh, beast is present on this Island and there's some more sort of progression in that and how they are dealing with each other, addressing each other. Um, so yeah, I, I am a fan of the Inhumans, and I think this book really is setting up some really cool stuff. Yeah. So that was Uncanny Inhumans number one, Charles Sewell and Steve McNiven. Finally, we have Welcome to Showside number one by Ian McGinty. 
Um, with a little extra art from our guy, S.M. Bidari. Yeah, there's the yeah. and uh, there's a backup story by Carrie Peach. Yep. So this is a very SPX book. <laughs> All three of these people were present at SPX. Yeah, and that's how I heard about it. Like the cartooning panel. Oh, yeah? So oh, really? Has the cartoon started? No. Yet? Oh, they're doing a cartoon of this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's originally man. a cartoon. Like, yeah, it comes from that. So. That's going to be really good. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, but, yeah, so I guess this is your first introduction to these characters. Um, and it is three friends, which let me even try to get their names. Names. Well, there's Kit. Bell. Bell. And. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what is her name? Quick. They, yeah. I know they say it, but where do they say it? Oh, there's oh. a boo as well. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, so it is this town, and um. It's basically, well, I, don't, I don't know the whole backstory because it's the first thing, but I know there is uh, the Nexus, which is technically where I guess like bad things come from and stuff, which um, the whole story for this one is basically them trying to close this portal to the Nexus uh, before something comes over, which they don't do. So, <laughs> yeah. so then it's solving that issue, but it's just there's, really there's fun. There's also some important stuff about waffle tacos. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, very important. Yeah, this is really cute. Uh, it's a lot of fun if you like Steven Universe. It's got that sort of or like the goofier side of Steven mm-hmm. Universe. It's got that kind of feeling. Um, I love that in the beginning. There's this like, you know, beautiful, beautiful like origin story backstory thing that. Um, S.M. Vidari did all the art for, and then it jumps to this very, like, cartoony, like, and now, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also that the the caption, like... Yeah, the juxtaposition of, like, of the way it's written. The story versus, of yeah. telling the story is so fitting of the cartoon, and just, like, and then, like, stuff happened, and it was crazy. <laughs> Moving quick as heck, she, rec- yeah. she reached for her blade. <laughs> so good. Fell swoop. Fell, I mean, fell swoop. <laughs> so, yeah. Um and, and Carrie Peach's story that she drew with Ian is called The Best Hoodie in the Universe. So right. It's real cute. Yeah, that's good. like a great concept for a storyline. <laughs> so yeah, if you are a person who likes Adventure Time or Steven Universe and you read the related comics or you don't, or you just like the shows, like this is, this is really good. Yeah. It's got a very sort of new but familiar feel to it. Um, and I think Ian is building a really awesome universe. All right. That's Welcome to Showside number one by Ian McGinty. So that's our uh, episode. Those are reviews. So what's, uh, what's going to be our favorite ones for this episode? Have you guys picked one out yet? Oh, my gosh. I know. This is tough. Uh, there's quite a range of styles here. Hmm. Yeah. There's like five ones that I really like, but I'm going to narrow it down to just two. The Black <laughs> right. Magic and then yep. Welcome to Showside. And they're, I couldn't just pick one because they're yep. so and different. Those are awesome examples of comics that yeah. are very different yeah i'm torn between the two of them as oh, well man. so if you're picking two i'll pick the same two <laughs> yeah so, we can so yeah them. we can yeah, split them evenly we did good uh i might take cognetic just for the crazy story development but oh, yeah. black magic was really good too yeah i don't know those three everybody there so you those are our <laughs> topics for this week black magic number one welcome to Showside number one and cognetic number one and that's it for episode 159. Thank you, Robin, for joining us once again. Thank Hopefully you. we'll see you again in the future. Yay. And we will see you all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.